episode of Off the Hustle. Early this week, we had a great conversation with Pick Harris on talking about the road less traveled. You know, really going through those unconventional routes through your life and still coming out victorious. You know, today we actually follow up and just have a one-on-one conversation about really going deeper into finding out your own solutions through looking through what you possess in the power. And that's really it. So if you would, strap up, take a great time to listen to this episode. And once you finish, make sure you share and leave a review. Peace. Welcome to another episode of Puzzle. This is Jared. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Amari. We might have to find a new way to intro. I feel like I that know, one's man. getting played out a little bit. Between between social media engagement, the podcast, how I, you know, how I say what's up, y'all, to people in public, whatever, I kind of feel like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of yeah, getting redundant. redundant. <laughs> yeah, see, we on the same way. So let's try. Hold on real quick. Everybody, bear with us. Uh, I think we should come in now going... We we gonna get some music come in at the beginning we're like dun 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 Yeah, that's kinda that's kinda corny. Too much? Too much. Too much. Hey everybody, again this is Work It Out Wednesday. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I hope Monday's interview, you know, gave you guys some life. It gave me some life, gave me some motivation. that's what we shoot up for on Mondays, give you guys some motivation. Today we wanna give you some action steps. Uh our hustler tips are gonna be centered around problem solving. But before we get to that, we kind of wanted to touch on some other things that we saw uh, in the interview that we wanted to dig a little bit deeper on. Uh, And I'm actually going to turn it over to Amari to start it because he brought up a really good point when we sat down uh, in the after conversation of the interview where he talked about the story you tell yourself. Yeah, man. So first, I want to say, man, huge shout out to Nick. Um, For you guys who may not be familiar with... um, of course, some of our people in our inner circle, uh, Nick Harris is a good friend of ours. He went to Georgia Southern University as well. And we highly suggest that you go back to our Monday episode and listen to that interview. Very great conversation where Nick really just kind of broke um, down the end, the, the subtypes of his life in reference to figuring it out and making it happen despite the, the, the highs and lows. So, you know, and with that conversation, we was kind of having um, kind of a a, 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 por- a portion where we actually dive deeper into talking about where people often, oftentimes we um, m- misinterpret the issues that come into our life or the opportunities or the challenges that come into our life. And sometimes if you build a habit, if you build a comfort zone for resorting to other people or other things outside entities to solve your problems or give you the solutions to the questions that you may have for whatever reason you build a dependency on everyone else and everything else but yourself i would add to that that it's conscious and unconsciously that you do it yeah because the story that you start telling yourself the story you start believing is what you start living yeah. The narrative you see in your head is your reality. I totally agree. And to your point, if you're always relying on someone else to tell you what the story is, you begin crafting who you are around how someone else may see the world. And the scary part to me about that is you start to live a life that wasn't meant for you. Mm-hmm. 
And that story to me is one of the scariest things because everyone likes to believe that you're put on this planet with a purpose, mm-hmm. that there's something meant for you to do. Now, I personally believe that it's your job to find your purpose, that you're not put here with one, you have to find it. But the story and the narrative you continuously telling yourself every day determines if you'll find the one that's right for you. See, I kind of actually think it differently. I, I, um, I think that everyone does have a purpose. Now, you know, you have to go discover it. You know, it's just kind of like you know, uh, you know, there, to every question, there's a, there's a, there's an answer. To every problem, there's a solution. Now, are you willing to go through the steps, the process for you to find the solution? That's kind of that's that's where the outcomes play differently for every single person on this earth. You know, you have people out there who know, like, as they go through life, they know they, they're they destined to do a certain career path, or they know they have a natural talent. Now, do they take the time out to really develop the talent, build, you know, intellect, they practice skill set, they, they build a, a support system around it, and they, you know, use it, they plant the seed so it can be able to grow and further flourish. You know, if you're not doing that, then, of course, Whatever that purpose was, it it will evolve to something else, and it's kind of you know kind of you know a, a corny example. It's like a poke. It's like a Pokemon. How I said you know when you think of a Pokemon, it evolves from yeah. one from one Pokemon to another. It's like when you think about it, bro. You know, depending on how you train this this athlete right here, yeah, how you level up, how is it going? It's all going to dictate how. Charmillion goes into Charizard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> when you put it like that, it make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. So like, you know, I know, I know people maybe listen to this like, man, what? I did not expect Mario to go into trust me. I, I, hey, I, your boy was doing trading cards from day one. I, I yeah. Your man, boy. I got to get back into it. I got money out there trading <laughs> That's cards. That's actually a major thing right now. What? Man, sports cards. If you get an NBA card, of <laughs> 2020 NBA card. Yeah. You might be sitting on something. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> We're not talking about hustles today. But when you dive deeper into this, is where I'm going to get into some action items for you guys. When you're talking about the story you tell yourself, you have to become aware of those things that you're telling yourself. When you start believing, I'm not that smart, uh, the economy tipped, and that's why my business is not doing well. Uh, my manager doesn't like me and that's why I can't perform well at work. Those are the narratives that you're telling yourself. Those are the stories. Those aren't always facts. That's just how you've seen it from your lens. Mm-hmm. And again, the story you tell yourself becomes your narrative. That's what mm-hmm. you start to believe. And then what makes it worse is you start to manifest it. You believe your manager don't like you. So now subconsciously you start doing stuff that your manager doesn't like because you think they don't like you. Mm-hmm. The inner, the vibe, like there's a physical energy that you can't even measure that comes off your body that when you don't like somebody, have you ever walked in a room of people who you were kind of iffy about? Mm-hmm. And when you walk in, you just feel like, ooh, the vibe just shifted. That's what it is. And when you start telling yourself those stories of negativity, that's what happens. But on the flip side, when you start pushing those stories out of your head when you start telling yourself you know what i may not know everything but i know this and you dive into the knowledge you do have you'll start to realize i am smart you'll start to tell yourself i am smart that's why affirmations are big they're the stories you tell yourself yeah affirmation i'm glad you mentioned affirmations and that's kind of um that's kind of like where the story starts you Mm -hmm. know 
before you can attract the the energy and the attractiveness from other from outside sources, you have to be able to you you have to be able to serve your you have to be able to serve the role as the creator in your own destiny. So what you tell yourself, what you speak into the world, what you speak into the universe is going to come back to you in some kind of way in the form that you actually put it out there. So, you know, not to kind of get too deep into that, but I think that, like I said before, oftentimes we depend on the perspective, depend on the narrative that we have built for ourselves in reference to our life, our story. You can be either the person that is, you know, um, built with a DNA of taking time out to look within yourself to find solutions to your opportunities, to your problems, to your roadblocks, to your growing opportunities, whatever. Or you can be the person that is often resorting to the friends, the families, the the, the mentors, your, just your overall support system or just reaching out to total strangers or going on to some website that you probably think may be, you know, uh, accredited and thinking that, hey, this website or this program is going to give me the solutions to me making money or me taking care of my family or me being able to figure it out in some kind of way. And it's like, that may be true. But have, before you even go down, before you even go down that route, have you even really take the, took the time out to ask yourself, all right, what power do I possess? What can I do for myself in reference to making my situation better, making my circumstances better, or just improving what you are already doing, further building momentum. Because if you're not actually doing that, then you may not be going in the right direction, or you may not be ever, you may not be reaching the full potential that you think you are doing. And I like you that you said that because it taps into the other point that we were talking about uh, after after the conversation with Nick, where we talked about accepting a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason that we pointed this one out in particular is. There's a power in what you're saying where you have to accept the situation that you're in. You have to, and I'm trying to find the most polite way to say this, is you have to get out of your way and accept that where you are is where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are at Very 1996 true. Toyota Camry <laughs> level, hey, accept that you are in 1996 Toyota Camry level. Don't be out here trying to live like you in a 2013 Benz because that's not where you are. That's a 2013 Benz. And that's, yeah, yeah. And, and that's actually a still a pretty good car. Hey, so, hey. so I know my people out here. I love my people out here in, in Atlanta and, and other major cities, but you ain't got to have 2020 Mercedes. You, you ain't got to, you know, if you actually know cars or you're actually taking the time out to learn how a car can really stand the test of time, uh, yeah, you don't have to have the latest year. No, you really don't. No. Hey, <laughs> don't listen to me. But you really don't. But the reason I said that is there's a mentality that comes with and a mindset that comes with accepting your situation. Like, there's sometimes when everything goes wrong, you have to legit sit down and say, okay, it's all my fault. Yeah, no. And And, and I'm not saying it as you're taking ownership of circumstances that you may not. Like, most people may not know, my car got hit. Someone backed into my car. And legit, after he did it, okay, I, I kind of was about to snap on the dude. But it was an older dude. And I was like, you know what? It's my fault. 
And I legit had to tell myself that. And that's what calmed me down because I accepted the situation. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. I'm here because of me. Right. And and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. Of course, it's unfortunate of your situation. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you, when you, and I know exactly what you mean about saying, hey, it's my fault. You're not saying it's my fault because it's like, I'm, you're the, you're like the sole uh, you're the sole reason why all this happened to mm-hmm. you, but you are taking ownership of where you're taking ownership of the position that you was in in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's really, and that's really all it is. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's saying the fact that you was in your car at this time, your car was, was parked or either moving at a certain time. It was parked. It was parked. <laughs> I wasn't even I, in it. I'm look for you guys who, for you guys who are listening. Uh, you, you may. I'm pretty sure either you can hear the tone, the tonality in his voice when he said, "You know, it was part." I could tell you, like you was. I felt that energy, bro. I wasn't even in the car. <laughs> I watched him back into my car. Oh, that's even worse. Because <laughs> you're like, damn, I can't get in the car quick enough to, to move it. Oh, I definitely couldn't. <laughs> but the reason that I use that example was because it brings it down to a level where people can really understand. Yeah, it. for sure. But when you take it to a grand level, let's say, and I'm finna take it to the extreme. Let's say that you're at your job, your uh, manager, boss, supervisor, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. comes to you and say, hey, man, unless something changes in the next 30 minutes, it's your last day. That's real. And I've been in a situation where that happened. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They told me, uh, this when I was selling cars, I was told, hey, you need to you know, sell a car today or find a new job today. Yep. You can imagine what I did. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like yeah. I sold a car because yeah. I'm not getting fired. Ain't nobody going to fire me. But but you know what you did, too? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Literally, the thing that I did was I went outside, and I'm heated. And I literally had to look at myself and go, man, you know what? It's my fault. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, I haven't been putting in the level of work that's needed for me to sell a car. Yeah. Somewhere in my mind, I thought that I could coast. Somewhere in my mind, I thought oh, it's okay that I'm in this situation, and that's that's the that's the kicker that most people don't realize. Somewhere in your mind, you're justifying that this is okay. Yeah, like you're not accepting it. You're saying it's okay. Yeah, like it's like you got like it's like you thinking that this is going to get better on its own. Yeah, or, or it ain't how it work. Yeah, it's not. You know, and. I know I've been in those type of situations before, and it's not a good feeling. It's kind of yeah. it's very similar to like waiting to the last minute to study for a comprehensive final exam. Man, and I, I swear to God, and like the best way to sum it up uh, is if you haven't been to church, if you're a Christian, <laughs> they gonna they always say one thing: faith without works is dead. And it's true; you can have faith that it's gonna work out. No, it's very true. But if you're not putting in any type of work, what's gonna happen? I'm not, man. That that faith can go out the window. If yeah. anything, you know what's funny? It's funny that you mentioned that faith without work is is dead. That faith is, is pretty much like that faith is like cold calling, or that faith is like actually doing door to door knocking on everyone's different door, going around the neighborhood trying to see all right who actually working, who's actually mm-hmm. looking, who's actually a motivated seller, who's mm-hmm. a motivated. And where I'm going with this, guys, people who are listening. I'm I'm speaking in like reference to if you're familiar with real estate or if you're if you're familiar with like sales and marketing, you know cold you know what cold calling is. You know what you know motivated sellers or motivated buyers, people who are motivated to do business. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm right into and it's very is that's what faith is doing. Faith is really making its rounds to every single individual, you know, and they're assessing, okay, who is ready to put in the work? Who is ready? Who can I partner up with? Who yeah. can I who can I do business with right now? And when it comes to you, you can't sit here and say that, all right, give me about five more months, I got you. Come on, Faith, give me five minutes, man. I'm gonna put myself back in <laughs> the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you gotta be like, you gotta be able to say, you actually have to be able to take ownership, true ownership of the situation for what for where you are and for what it is. And no matter how good or how bad it is, you gotta be ready to get in the game and get moving. You have to be ready to get working because if you're not, then faith is going to say, all right, peace. I'll continue to make my rounds, and whatever I get back to you, I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. But there ain't no guarantee that I'm coming back this round because I got to go to the next subdivision. I may have to catch a flight to Houston. <laughs> so it's like that's how I, I'm glad that you mentioned faith without work. I'm glad you mentioned that. So that's very true. Yeah, and then now for me to give a, like, I'm finna narrow in on accepting a situation mm-hmm. because this is something that, you know me, so you know that I do this very frequently. You, you've heard me say it out loud when something go wrong and I just be like, you know what, it's my fault. Yeah, not for real. And the reason that I always do it and I have to say it out loud is because my ears have to hear it. Yeah. Once you, something goes into your ears, your brain can process it. You can think it in your mind, but that's not really, to me, it doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. The reason that I say it like that is, is me accepting that there's nothing I can do previously to change this. It's my fault. It's my fault that I'm in this situation. Good choices, bad choices, even if I had the right intentions, it's still my fault because I put the wheels in motion to get me here. Correct. And once you sit down and actually, hey, all right, let me meditate and let me, you know, meditate and celebrate. Hey, I got myself this far. I can get farther. And then you have to then look at your situation. And this is where a lot of people, what a lot of people I realize don't do. They don't look at where they are. They just feel it. They feel all the emotions of the world feel like it's beating up on them. They feel all the emotions of feeling like, oh, nothing is going right. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there too. And what you have to do in that moment is, and I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm, I don't like showing emotion. It's not my thing. But if you got to cry in that moment, hey, bro, just let it out. Uh, because oh, I've learned. Sometimes you need to. That, bro. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need to just go in the bathroom and close the door real quick and just be like, "All right, hey, let man, me just let this I'm out." Telling you, but what? But the reason I say that if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do because there's a level of clarity when you start to do that. Uh, also, you can take up meditation. I do yoga nidra, so it's a twenty minute meditation where you lay yeah, down yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just. You just got it. One's on YouTube and everything. But I do that because those are moments where I can release and accept where I am. Even in the guided one that I do, there's a there's a moment where uh, the instructor says, hey, take, take uh, inventory of where you are in life. Hold on to it. Accept it. Now release it. Because once you release it, now you give yourself permission to move forward. So when I'm telling people, hey, accept your situation, own up to it, believe that it's all your fault. Because it's one thing that I've learned about humans. When we believe that we did wrong to someone, 
the decent ones anyway. When we feel like we did wrong to someone, we feel like it's our obligation to fix it. Yeah. So if you're always telling yourself, hey, it's my fault that we're here. Mm-hmm. I messed up. I have to fix it for us. Mm-hmm. You are now making yourself responsible for someone else's happiness. You start looking at yourself as an outside person. That's very true. And furthermore, I kind of, I kind of, um, I want to add on to that. I think also too, when you find yourself in situations like that, depending on what kind of person you are, if you're one of those people that kind of feels like you are obligated to help fix the situation, you gotta be mindful too. Like, is the person or is the situation even worth revisiting? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If it's not worth revisiting, you know what I'm saying? Chalk it up for a lesson learned and move on. Yeah, man, it's time. <laughs> hey, it's gonna be some people who you know. Go back to that scenario where your boss come to you and be like, hey, you out. There's times where you should go, man, this is all my fault. I need to figure out how to fix this. And there's times you should go, whoo, look at the blessings. Bruh, what? I, I'm telling you, like, I, that was, that's one of the things that happened to me earlier into my career, my professional career, um, you know, working in retail. And it was just like, bruh, I, anybody who works, anybody who works in you know, management level in the retail space. I don't care if it's your your general retail, like a Walmart, Target, or a grocery store somewhere, or if you're working like uh, fashion merchandise retail, or whatever kind of retail you work in. Anybody who works on that management level and above, not to say the people who work on like the, the individual team member level, but those people who have to manage a number of people, the people who have to manage other folks' lives, other folks' circumstances, it's so much that goes into that industry other than just selling a product or service. It goes into, like, you have to be able to consider not just yourself but other people. And with that profession, you know, it's either you got it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I, I truly believe that. And for me, um, I kind of had – I no, it's, for me, I had it. It's just the fact that when you have to be able to – you have to be able to just take the lesson learned and understand, like, hey, is this even worth – revisiting and trying to make it better or is like are you just not fit for this this role and for me it's like i'm not fit for this role you know yeah. what i'm saying it's like hey i guess there's other stuff that i want to do with my life and with my career with my skills with my knowledge and my information let me go somewhere else where i know it where i can thrive in this yeah and it's another thing uh this is just a side note between me and you mm-hmm. uh y'all can listen you're welcome to <laughs> but uh I recently took my own predictive index test, mm-hmm. uh, you know, behavioral analysis test for people who are listening. I think part of it is we try to force ourselves to fit into a mold that doesn't fit our behavior. They don't. Uh, like me, I know that I'm a captain type. Any predictive personality test I take always says the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically saying I'm the type of person where I like to get in and lead. I like to do my own thing. I like to bring ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily the one you say, hey, go do this arbitrary thing and come back to me. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's part of the reason why entrepreneur life jumps out to me because it's like, okay, every day is different. I get the freedom and the flexibility to do me. Uh, you know, we're, when we get to growing a team, hey, I got a team that I can help mm-hmm. inspire and motivate. And I think the people who have the most uh, success in those retail positions that you're talking about are people who have really high 
personal skills, mm-hmm. but have really low uh, objective drive. So and I, the way I describe it is when you're in sales, the object is to sell. So they have a very low sell. Mm-hmm. Hey, it has to be sold. And from my experience, those are people who thrive in retail. People gotcha. who, who are very that. sociable, but they're not pushy when it comes to the sale. They don't have that uh, assertiveness of sale. I see that. And you definitely have the assertiveness. So I, I see why it did not work for you. I'm a, I, I'm a, and I and I know I know some people may may you know disagree, but I will tell you like this: uh, I am a strong-minded, strong-willed, um, hard-working black man who knows his stuff. He knows what he knows, and he also knows what he doesn't know. And the fact that he does he knowledges the stuff that he doesn't know. That is what makes him more powerful. And I'm speaking it towards myself in third person here. So I can kind of give you guys the visual of who I am in a professional setting. Um, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the, um, I'm not Chicken George, if I, if I may say. I'm not the, I'm not the guy. No. <laughs> I'm no. not the guy. I'm not the guy. Like, if, I, if something doesn't make sense or something doesn't, if something I don't agree with, I will, in a professional way and in a respectful way, I will make sure to, you know, make it a knowledge to the people who I'm working with so we can be able to provide alternative solutions, whatever. But with that, with who I am at, in pursuit my, my physical makeup, it doesn't really mesh well with, you know, I won't Chicken say, I, I, I won't say a lot of people, but I will say it won't, it won't mesh well with certain people. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Specific races. I'm talking about just human beings in general, because of the fact that when it comes to that, you have to make sure that you know your person. You have to understand that your personality is not going. It's not going to vibe well with everybody. So with mine, I know that definitely has its benefits and it has its challenges. But at least with the benefits, you know that you can bring more to the table and be more of an asset versus a liability. Yeah, and. For everybody that's been waiting for this part, it's time for y'all to pull out your pens and pencils because it is time for the hustler tips for this week. This week, we're giving out six techniques to better your problem-solving skills. Uh, We feel like one of the things that Nick really touched on was anytime he was faced with a problem, he he had really amazing problem-solving skills. Where if it was, I don't have enough money to do this, or in his case, it was... I don't want to use all my parents' monies to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. He found a way to finance his life. Yeah. Uh, so we feel like problem solving is a really good core thing uh, to help you guys out with this week. Yeah, so as you know, as Jared's pulling that up, you know, um, I wanted to say, and I kind of meant to say this at the beginning, when it came to Nick, it was like a, it was a great reminder to me in reference to how we how me you and it probably all grew up in our own different ways, but we we um, had similar events, similar things that came upon our life because of the fact that when you were addressed with a challenge or a questionable moment or whatever, you didn't get into a corner and a corner and just freak out. It was like, no, okay, you got a problem. All right, let's you know we we may not have all the answers, but we got we got a few of them. Um, that's enough let's, to let's, figure something out. Let's go ahead, you know, get get moving. <laughs> so it was like, you know, with just with him talking, with him talking, sharing his story, I was like looking, I was literally looking at you know when my homeboys like, 
I I have I, I already had a high respect for you from the get go, but I have even more respect for you because of the fact that I can tell what you're saying is very genuine. You know, I can t I can I can I can sense the energy and sense the like the the authenticity in reference to what he was saying. It's like I can I can see you because I've had it because we've all had a. a an opportunity to you know hang out with his family and just see how his family has been able to build their home front over time and you can just tell like in certain things they hold each other accountable you can tell like <clears throat> whatever their situation is hey we, you can tell like the, the family structure is like hey we got your back but take care of business you gotta do your part you gotta do your part right that's, that's perfectly said so it's like in reference to these sips, these um, these t um, these uh, suggestions that we're gonna give you guys in reference to the hustling tips, it kind of reverts me back to that moment, and it, should, and it probably will revert you back to this moment as we go along each step or each you know key of the hustling tip because this is something that a lot, of, if not all of you guys, I would say some of you, we you know sometimes need to need to you know check yourself sometimes because. It ain't everybody else. It ain't nothing else. It's probably you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, hey man, whenever you, whenever you down for it, um, you know, we re we can get into the, the hustle tips. Let's go. So get out your pencils, cause we're gonna breeze through these, not because they're not important, but because we want to make sure you guys are paying attention. Uh, we're gonna hit you with six techniques to scale your problem solving, uh, in any difficult situation. So the first thing that I would say, hustle tip number one, is develop a step-by-step -step approach. Is really, it becomes easier to solve the problem when you identify it, uh, say what the problem is, and then after all, after all of that, you figure out the multiple issues within the situation, uh, and then you focus on solving step-by-step -step each part of the situation. Yeah, and um, one, and this kind of ties to one of the things that I tell my undergraduates who I advise and mentor, um, I tell, you know, I, I give them three simple words in reference to that, you know, the step-by-step the -step approach to solving your issues or figuring things out. Come up with a plan. Once you come up with a general plan, then you organize your plan. You know what I'm saying? Trim the fat. And then you start executing. Plan, organize, execute. That's perfect. Plan, organize, execute. Yo, you don't have to have all the answers, man. You got? Do you have a plan? No. Okay. Take some time out. Plan. Like write the stuff down. Open up your your, your phone or your tablet, whatever. I don't care what you got to do. Get a crayon and some construction paper. I don't care. Plan. It don't need to be a drawn out. It don't have to be a flow chart. It don't have to be an essay. Just come up with a few things that you need to do immediately to get active. Plan. Next step. Take your plan. Organize it. Did you? Are you? How, okay, what's your first step? Okay, that's your first step. Or it's your first step that the, the right step to take before, or it's step two need to be, step two need to be moved up. Step one, wh whatever you need to do, organize your plan. After you organize your plan, get moving. And as you go further along that process of trying to fix your issues or fix your problems or fit or not just it don't have to be a bad thing, or try to win your or achieve your goals, you'll find you'll get other resources, other information other support mechanisms and then your plan will evolve it won't change it will evolve that means it, it will grow and develop 
which will require you to actually go back to square one, look at your plan, revise the plan, go to step two again. Okay, you, you get the revised plan. Okay, now you need to revise the organization of your plan. And then guess what? Get back to executing. That's all. It's very simple. So for and I'm and I'm talking I'm talking to everyone who's listening. I'm talking to Jerry. I'm talking to myself right now. We made some. We make a lot of things complicated for no reason. Plan, organize, execute. If any any of my undergraduates down at Georgia Southern listen to this, you guys know what I'm talking about. You probably laugh when you you listen to this right now because I say this all the time. But hey. <laughs> I digress, but that but you can I would I I hope that as you listen to this, and you hear Jared and myself speaking about these these different things, we give the energy and what we're talking about because we're going through it ourselves, so we can relate to you. We're not we're not preaching to you. We're just having a conversation. Yeah, and step number two. Step number two is ask solution oriented questions. Uh, this one. I want to dive a little bit deeper on for myself is because a lot of people ask questions like, why can't I get more customers? That's a bad question because there's no solution in it. You should be asking yourself something like, what are three things I can do differently from my competitors? It's the same question. It's just phrased in a way of finding a solution. And the reason that I want to dive deeper on this one is because people don't know the human mind is designed to answer questions, just like a computer. It's just like Google. Whatever question you type in is what it tries to find an answer to. So if you say, why can't I get more customers? All it here is can't get more customers. Now it starts to fester on why can't I get more customers? Oh, we need more customers. Where do I find customers? And know what you're going to pull out? Nothing. Because if you already knew it, you'd already be doing it. Right. But if you ask yourself, what are three things I can do differently from my competitors? Now you're thinking, okay, what are my competitors doing that I'm not doing? What am I, What should my competitors be doing that they're not doing? Where can I separate myself from them? See, those are questions that create more questions in your mind and create and starts to force you to ask more questions. Another way you can put it is, what would I have to do in the next 10 months to get 10 new customers? See, now that's a question where, okay, cool. I don't know what it takes to get more, why I can't get more customers, but I know there are some things that I can do to get 10 customers in the next month. Yeah, and, for, and to add on to that, think about it. It, it, it reverts, it, it's like how you may take a detour but it, the detail gets you back on the right path. Mm-hmm. Asking those type, asking those type of questions, is the detours that's going to get you to the moment where you're in a position where you are planning, organizing, and executing. You're looking for the aha moment. Yeah. Now the next one we're not even going to dive into, but a simple fact: if you've been listening to Off the Hustle, we have probably six episodes on this. <laughs> you have to change your mindset. Oh yeah, bro. I'm, and honestly, even shout out to all the podcasters, shout out to all the motivational speakers, to all the um, educators, to all the mentors, to all the teachers, to anyone who is um, who uses their talent, uses their uses their uses their brain to share the information to people in a way to it relates. You, I'm pretty sure you've heard from a million people by now in your life that 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 one phrase, change your mindset, and honestly. You know, that's. I'm glad you mentioned that we don't have to dive into this because honestly, we don't. 
Yeah, go back. Actually, I'm going to do one better. Go back three weeks. <laughs> we did a whole week on yes, mindset. We really did. Yeah, we yeah. Please go back to those episodes. Just go to go to Apple Podcast that platform, and scroll up, and you will see you will see all the episodes that we get, and you I'm promising you will see all the hustle where we that those three episodes where we really dedicated a whole week towards mindset, and honestly, that is a lot a lot of times that's what it is, and it goes back to the perception. So, yeah, self-explanatory. And the next one is gonna be so we're on hustle tip number four. Number four is work with your hands. There's this weird thing that happens when you work with your hands that gets your gears turning in your brain. Yeah, your brain is starting to figure out. It's like putting a it's like putting a puzzle together. Yeah, and once you start doing it, let's say if you go play with a Rubik's cube or Sudoku, uh, I'm trying to think of hand stuff, Legos, a coloring book, a coloring book, crossword puzzles, crossword. Pu- oh, that's a good. One. Crossword puzzles. Yes. And reading a newspaper, like a paper. Yeah, because what'll happen <laughs> Read is a book, turn a page. What'll happen is <laughs> your brain starts to wire itself to solve problems. So when you go from working on whatever you decide to do. We we give you like we just gave you like almost ten things. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, so you should do one of those, and then think about the problem that you're facing. Yes. Because what'll happen is the gears in your brain are already turning, uh, and then you start to become more strategic because you're doing something that requires your brain to go into strategy mode. Yeah, and it also builds that it also builds that mental muscle of solving problems. What we everything that we're talking about right now is pretty much solving problems or solving challenges that come across that come upon you and with those things that are enjoyable things that you can be able to actually have a um, have a fun time doing you can actually you're strengthening the brain it's a workout you're 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 challenging your brain to get very efficient with how you go about problem solving and that's really it man um, in reference to you know, what I got to say about it. Yeah, hustle tip number five is I'm going to steal one of yours on this one. You have to put your ego aside, <laughs> and you got to ask for help. That's the tip. Ask for help. Put oh, your ego man. aside and ask for help. Oh, and, I mean, I don't even know how to dive into this one. I know earlier in this episode we said that people ask for too much help, but there is a, a fine balance that you should find where – I know for me, I spoke earlier on the, uh, the personality and behavioral tests. One of my faults is I don't, not that I don't ask for help, I don't see the importance in asking for help. Mm-hmm. I go more, I can figure it out, and if I can't figure it out now, put it on the back burner and I'll come back to it. And that's how my brain works. For me, it's not ego. It's just simple, fast. What's the fastest way to get this done? Yeah. But... I have to stop myself recently and say, "Ho, oh, hold on. I have to be, I have to ask for help. If you guys listened to me before, I talked about the five values I try to live by. And one of them is uh, be open to receive the five laws I try to live by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being open to receive means being able to ask for help and receive help. Yeah. And that's something that I work on religiously. So I, I can tell you this, you'll solve more problems by asking for help. Yeah, sometimes than any other way. And I'm going to be quick with this. Just kind of piggyback off of you right quick. And everything that you said, totally agree with. And when it comes to your ego, you have sometimes, a lot of times, 
probably daily, weekly, whatever. Ask yourself, is your ego serving you in as a uh, as an asset or as a liability? Because your ego can be a very strong personality trait that can help you get help you become happy in life and become successful in your career. And sometimes if you're not able to use that use that trait about yourself, your ego can actually become a liability and block you from a lot of opportunities and a lot of gateways to blossom into the person that you can be and live the life that you want to live. So, you know, I think with that and I and trust me, I have those same moments myself. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone does in some kind of way. Um, so just make sure you, you reevaluate often. Is your ego serving you as a liability or as an asset? And finally, hustle a tip number six. Take time to reflect and celebrate. Simply put, if you keep trying to go full throttle 100% of the time, you'll burn yourself out and you won't be able to solve any problems. Mm -hmm. There are times you need to walk away, clear your head, exercise, meditate, read a book, call a friend, uh, whatever it is that you do to relax, you need to do that. Uh, so that you can reflect on all the good you've done, celebrate all the good you've done, and then think about how you can then solve that problem once you're in a clearer headspace. Yeah, man. So to be able to, you know, take that time out and reflect, I um, for me, what helps is I do that when I first wake up and before I go to bed. You know, I don't care how early or how late it is, I do that because it's an opportunity for me to start a new day on a fresh start, I mean, a fresh note. And be able to end the day, even if it's a bad day. Just know that hey, what happened? It happened. Time to get ready for the next day, if we're blessed to receive another one. So just understand, reflecting is good for starting the day, and it's awesome for closing the day out. Oh, and since we're talking about closing, this has been another episode of Off the <laughs> Hustle. This is Jared. Hey man, this is Amari. Peace. Peace. That's it. Episode is over. Hey, if you're on Apple, subscribe, review, and give us a rating. Yeah, man. We definitely want to hear back from you. As we continue to grow this platform, we want to make sure that we're actually giving you the content that you need and the content that you actually want. So reach out to us. Let us know what you want. Peace. That's it.